you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm gonna just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor, let's go! Welcome to Buckets! My name's Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer, who might, might, be wondering if his Mavs to win the series ticket is going to cash and NBA futures analyst, Brandon Anderson, uh, who is probably going to try and victory lap despite thinking the series went long. Cause that's how Brandon rolls. We're going to talk about Mavericks warriors today. Everything we talk about can be found in the award-winning action network app. You can find it on your mobile device right now. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You can follow Brandon Raheem's picks in the app. All of Brandon's prop plays, which are excellent. All of Raheem's game-by-game total plays, which are excellent. Um, and his future plays, which sometimes he gets a little carried away. So, so no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's, he's had monster wins like the, the Raptors in 2019. It's not at all a fluke that continues to make me angry to this day, even three years later. Uh, gents, we're here to talk about Golden State Warriors-Dallas Mavericks game four. After... Sunday night's win, Golden State goes up 3-0. The Mavericks were a bigger favorite in game three, obviously. They're still favored. Nice of of the books to go ahead and still leave the Mavs as the home favorites. They are one-point favorites now versus the Warriors. Totals 215.5. This has not moved. Early tickets are on Golden State. A little bit of of a push, a little bit higher percentage on the money on uh, Dallas minus one here. It's basically a pick them here. Uh, let's start here. Ra, you like the Mavericks in this series. You've been high on them all year. More specifically, you have been looking for the chance to fade Golden State. That has been like what you were like. You were looking for the spot. You were like, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Golden State's not that good. They're, they're, not, they're, they're not who people say they are. Where do you think you went wrong on this series? The Mavs defense, mm. like you've been saying it all year, and I think we we all we didn't quite understand how this Mavs defense p- performed so well, and I think you got a Golden State Warriors team, which was really just able to just look. The Mavericks struggled with all the off ball cuts and the movement and everything like that, but also the fact that they traded away Chris Straps Porzingis. They don't have any bigs. Like they're like when Maxi Kleber is your best big, 
that's a problem because they're getting dominated on the offensive glass every single game. And one of the things you're seeing is that even when the Warriors don't shoot well from three, they're scoring at will from two. So it's just like in all of these games, they're shooting over, they're shooting almost 60% from two in this series, if not more. So like, I just think the Mavs are winning or losing this series on the defensive end of the floor. And when they do get stops, they can't get the rebound. And then last night was kind of like a perfect storm where the Mavericks just didn't shoot well from three. So that's their hope for winning this series is to be able to shoot well from three, but they were 13 or 45 from behind the arc. So it just, it just feels like, I think this, this series is closer than it appears to be, but I mean, obviously game one, we knew the result of that, them coming off the game seven game two was probably a game that they should have had. And then game three, they just, they just didn't have their best game. So it's, it's, a t- it's tough, but the Warriors have proven that they deserved a lot of the praise that they were getting. And I think you said this earlier in the year, there were no unbeatable team. It's just the Warriors are better than everybody else. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a class differential here mm-hmm. um, for sure. I also think, look, I was on Mavs in game three. I thought they would get a game, maybe two. I picked them officially in five, the Warriors in five on heat check. Brandon, a lot of this for me comes back to I I looked at when I went into the series, I really did. Like I I I could not come out of the Sun series and be like, no, 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 like the Mavs are way better than we thought they were. Like, look at all these things that they did. I just came out of the Sun series and was like, the Suns played like ass, like at big stinky ass. And if I've got the team that beat the Jazz and the team that beat a Suns team that just face planted, um, look, all year long, you and I were kind of like, are the Mavs really this good? Like, really? And they made the Western Conference Finals, which is a, a remarkable. I, I'm not trying to be patronizing. I'm genuine here. If you make mm-hmm. the Final Four in the NBA, we should make a bigger deal out of it. Like, making the yeah. Final Four should be a bigger deal than we talk about. Like people say, basically, they're like, well, he hasn't won anything. What they mean by that is he hasn't made the finals or won the title. And that's yeah. ridiculous. Like, if you make the final four, you've won something. Luka Doncic has won something. Now. Um, however, however, I, I do still kind of wind up coming back to the idea that I'm just not sure that Dallas was in this class that they looked like they were after beating a Suns team that we all thought was legit. Yeah, it just it seems like they're just missing a couple guys. <laughs> You know that they have they have no playable big men in the series right now. Maxi Claver suddenly went from sniper in the first round to like dude is just straight up afraid to shoot. Like he looks uncertain. He catches the ball open and is like, "Uh, what's this round orange thing? Am I supposed to give it to you now? What do I do with this object in my hands?" Like he has no idea what to do. Uh, in game three, Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie. If you take those three guys out. The entire rest of the Mavericks roster scored 14 points on five of 27 from the field. That includes two of 20 on threes. By the way, that also, I think if I remember right, I think that includes Dorian Finney-Smith, who, if I recall, is the third best player in the series. So he hey. might be getting downgraded. Raheem, where has where DFS been for you in the series? Somewhere below third, perhaps? Oh, my God. You let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, right now, it's like it, it's, it's Luca, Stefan, and like 10 other Warriors at this point. Is it Luca? <laughs> yeah, it is. Is it, is it Luca? 
it's it? probably not even it's probably not even Lucas. It might even be Andrew Wiggins at this point. Like it's, <laughs> oh, it's man. Yeah, I think it's like Steph and Wiggins. Yeah. And then Luca and then Clay and then Poole and then Looney and then Draymond. And, and then Wiggins dunk. Yeah. And then some Mavericks <laughs> after that. Dunking. That dunk was nasty. That was that was and that shame was on gross. shame on the referee for calling Mark, Mark Davis. Mark Davis was sent in to destroy the Warriors, and he still couldn't get it done. <laughs> still couldn't get it yeah. done. I, I I will say I, I I'm with Raheem. Like that this we see the Warriors are up 3-0, and we're like, oh man, what a blowout this is. This this has not really been a blowout series, and I still don't really feel like oh. The Warriors, they're just they're just the team from the West all along. Like we've only really had like three or four of those games from the Warriors this entire playoffs against and they've played three teams we all agreed are pretty flawed teams or teams missing stars or whatever. Well, so I will agree with you on that. Um, I mean, I will say these aren't like they're not winning coin flips. Like they won by nine by nine and, and a blowout. Like They've led, they basically, the, the Mavs have gotten a lead. The Mavs haven't, have the Mavs had a second half lead? I'm trying to remember if they've had one. And game two, but I mean, yeah, they gave two. it over. Um, took, took the big comeback. But in general, like, yeah. the Warriors have won these games pretty pretty easy. Yeah, so, I think, though, if you play out, if these games play out basically the way that they did, and just kind of like you played these three games again, I think in most scenarios, it's probably a 2-1 series. I think the Mavs, usually win game two. If they don't win game two, I think they could have had a shot in the other games. I think there are scenarios where the Mavs are up two to one. We have the one where the Warriors are up three Oh, and that's the only one that actually exists. But I, I don't feel like this has just been a blowout series. And as we're getting to game four, I don't feel like this is just, it's over. The Mavs can't hang. They can't win. They'll never beat the Warriors ever. I feel like it's been a blowout series. I feel like they've been outclassed. I don't think that they're in the same game <laughs> versus this Warriors team. And I don't think that the Warriors are like this unstoppable juggernaut. I don't think Dallas is that good. Yeah. Like, the, the, here's part of it is um, we like, like, we talked about, like, how you mentioned, like, well, well, you know, Golden State hasn't just rolled. Well, they rolled they rolled the, the Nuggets. That was a pretty easy series. Like, they had to win a close one. Nuggets made some some adjustments. They had the MVP. But, like, Golden State still won games three on the road and game five, like, pretty comfortably, you know? Uh, the Memphis series we all kind of knew was going to be tough, right? Like we knew that that yeah. was tough. We we liked the matchup for them. Um, a lot of where that series came in was them was Memphis being a little bit tired coming in, and you know losing Golden State in Game One in a a coin or losing in Memphis to Golden State in Game One on a really tight play. Uh, that that series probably should have gone like that series probably should have gone seven between how Game One went and Jaw going out. Yeah. That to me was like. Should should have gone longer because you also have to look at at game what five yeah game five in Memphis and just be like we could just throw that out like you could throw game you could game you could throw game three and game five out yeah yeah it's like it felt like game four was like this that's the game where they needed Ja because they yeah. didn't have anybody to hit a basket down the stretch and then same with game six it felt like the Grizzlies had their opportunities because the Warriors kept turning the ball over in the first half. But they just didn't have, they couldn't capitalize on the turnover because they just didn't have their star. All right. So let's talk about this game. Uh, so they're, the Warriors are now up 3 0. They're one point dogs on the road. Teams that are up 3 0 in the NBA conference finals in game four <clears throat> are 
when they are, they started the series at home, which the Warriors did are 13 and 10 in game four. They went about 57% of the time straight up. Uh, and they are 23 now, obviously in the series uh, overall in NBA history, teams that are up three hours, 73 and 48. That's slightly better at 60% and 121 and O uh, for the series. So raw, I would, I would imagine this is not like a great spot to bet just based off of trying to figure because we're essentially trying to figure out is Dallas, does Dallas have the pride to get one at home? I mean, you're basically, you're, you're betting on, on Mavericks three point shooting variance. Yeah. Because they're not stopping the Warriors on two point field goals and they're being out rebounded at will. And Luca to me, he looks tired. Like through much of game three, he just wasn't, he just wasn't there, you know? And it's just like, look, you, you'll see he had 40 points, but that was a rough Luca game. Yeah. So it's just, to me, I'm, I'm struggling to see how they get one unless the Warriors turn the ball over and the Mavericks have another shooting game like game two where they just hit everything and then they don't fade. I want to note, that for the series from three point range, um, Golden State is less than two percentage points above expectation according to shot clock data. What that basically tells you is like this hasn't been a variant series for Golden State. You can argue that it has been for the Mavericks, who are minus 5.6. These numbers aren't like wildly off considering a 3 0 outcome. I would expect it to be more in like the, they're shooting seven or eight percent worse than expected, but even on threes they're still like minus four um, overall. Like this hasn't been like a wildly negative shooting outcome. Part of that is if you, part of that is just game two. Game two surely was a very positive variance shooting game for Dallas. So if you look at just games one and three, then those are well below. Yeah. Um, Matt, to the stat that you said on on, uh, the teams up 3-0, so the Warriors, these this the Steve Kerr Warriors, the since 2015 Warriors, this is the 11th time they've gone up 3-0 in a series, which I saw is already tied for the second most all time. It's tied wow. with Phil Jackson, only two short of Greg Popovich. And obviously, we've got longer series, so being up 3-0 and so just winning 3-0, you know, in the modern NBA is something. But uh, so 10 previous times Warriors have gone up 3-0. What's your guess to the Warriors' record straight up in those 10 uh, 3-0 games? Hmm. Raheem, what do you think? 3-0? Yeah, so game four up 3-0. I'm going to assume that the Warriors are at, uh, on the road for all of those because I think that they've been good enough. They would have been. They lost. I'm trying to think. They lost, game, they lost game four to the Pelicans in 2016, right? 2015. I think they swept the Pelicans. They lost game four to the Nuggets this year. Okay. That's one. You got any others that come to mind? Matt had one. Matt, uh, we talked about this. We were doing the pod the other day with uh, the Rockets series. Matt, what year was that? 2015 or 16 with the Rockets where they got the one win in game three and then just. Yeah, that was 2016. No, it was 2015. It was 15. Oh, yeah, 15. I was 15. Yeah, 16. They faced him in the first round and that's when Steph got hurt. Um, yeah, you're right. I think that was I think that was a gentleman's too, actually. Yeah, uh, it was a gentleman. So yeah, 2015 because that was what I compared it to on the pod going in was uh, I was out in Brandon and basically 
they won the first two games that were competitive and it was like, okay, but this is going to be a long series. Like once this gets back to Houston and golden state came in and they played one of the most ferocious games I've ever seen them play. And Draymond talked last night about it. Like this is, it is very typical. And somebody was saying like, what does this actually mean? Stucky was actually asking me this. He's like, what do you like? They tried harder. And I was like, yeah, like, there are teams, I think, that up 2-0 are like, look, this is going to be a long series. We're in for a fight. They come in a little bit, like, hesitant. And there are teams that go in and be like, if we win game three, it's done. Like, we can do this. Because the Mavs, on the other hand, are like, we're in this series. It's going to be a long series. Let's just, you know, let's stay cool. Let's stay, you know, take it one game at a time. Blah, 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 blah. And then you get hit with this ferociousness out the gate from Golden State. And, you're just, and by the time that you realize what's happened, it's 3-0 and it's over. And that's what they did. That's what they did to the Rockets. Now they lost game four, which is what's interesting. Like, that's the thing is they, they spent a lot of energy in winning game three. So game four, the Warriors, they basically took off. The Warriors were basically like, yeah, no, if they, like, if we go out there, we hit a bunch of shots, maybe we can close them out. Oh, we didn't. Okay. Like you saw shots of them on the bench and they were just kind of like smiling and laughing, whatever. Cause they knew that they were going back to the Bay and we're going to close it out. And same kind of deal here, which is like, they'll go in. And if they're hitting a lot of shots and the Mavs are, are once again petrified, which they've played scared a lot of the series, they can close them out. Um, I can't, I just don't know if this is a bettable spot to get to this, to like an actionable place, right? Like, I just don't know if this is a bettable spot. Yeah. I mean, look, honestly, for me, it's just, it's not a huge edge, but it just feels like, it feels like the Warriors just have so many paths to victory. True. And I, I think that's that's the biggest thing I'm struggling with. Like, look, I mean, I know the Warriors could go out there and have 18 turnovers, but even if they have 18 turnovers, they're gonna make a lot of that back on the offensive glass. You gonna bet Warriors? I think that's probably the play. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think this is probably a sweep. I think it's a it's a close game. It's competitive, but I, I do think it's probably a sweep just because it's too many pass for the Warriors to win this game. Let's see. We had an under in game three. We had an over in game two. And we had the under in game one. Dallas has scored 87, 117, 100 in the series so far. That's interesting. Brandon, what's your best bet? The under is my best bet. And uh, Mm -hmm. so the Warriors, by the way, in those game fours, when they're up 3 hours, six and four straight up. So pretty much just similar to about the same winning percentage, 60%, obviously. It's about what you said in, in the different numbers you had, Matt, across conference finals and playoffs. I see two scripts for this game. Either script A, where Luca comes out looking like he did for the second half of game three, which was, I'm tired, I had enough, I'm beat. We ain't, we ain't it. We, we're not beating this team. We got it. We got our couple of wins. We got here. I'm going to get in shape and win me an MVP next year, but it's not happening for us. And the Warriors run away with it, and that's that. Or the other script where the Mavs come out and show some heart and hit some threes early, and the shots are falling, and the Warriors turn it over a couple times, the shots aren't falling, and then they do the thing you just said, Matt, where they're like, okay, have fun. Yeah, make make some shooty shots. This is great. We're going to just go back home to our, our home base where we blow you out and take care of business and we'll do the thing we do. We're making more money for everyone because we're going to sell some tickets at home back in the Bay. You just get your win. So I like the under because I don't know which one of those scenarios plays out. But for me, the under lets me play both of those scenarios because 
I think one of these teams just comes out and puts up like something in the eighties and is like, all right, well, whatever, whatever, do your thing, make your shots. I'm out. I don't know which team it's going to be. So maybe the way you play that is do the thing where you do like either team to win by 10 on both sides. I don't mind that idea, but I think an under is just a way to fade that some team just kind of lays an egg in this one. I just don't know who it's going to be. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, just choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball or rebounds or stocks, whatever it is that you're into. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. I have some real squares in my life that I'm looking forward to taking some money off of it's got a built-in group chat where i can see and copy my friends picks with the tap of a button it's insanely fun to ride out together stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone join our listener group on sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 dollars Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Sleeper.com slash buckets. Yeah, I have a hard time on this one. I have a hard time with the spot uh, because like I'll probably, I bet uh, I, I did actually take some props on Warriors and four and Warriors and five. So I'm set there. So I'll probably bet Mavericks just as a hedge. And that's mm-hmm. going to be all I'm going to do here. I like the underplay. I think that's, yeah. that's on point just from a number of perspectives. The Ma- I will say it's inter- interesting because so the Mavericks found specific strategic advantages that they could find to target on Phoenix or on Utah and Phoenix. Like they just have weak spots that they could and they just have like the Warriors are, are so much more versatile and more creative. Like that's a lot of this is the Suns were like, Here's what we do. Dare you to beat us. And the Mavericks were like, cool, we'll do. And the Warriors are very much like, you don't, you're not going to know what we're getting. Like, you're not, you have no idea what we're going to be getting here. We're going to box and one you. We're going to throw three different schemes at you. Nate Jones was talking about on Twitter. This is an interesting one about whether or not these players today would rather face the physicality of the 90s or the kind of schemes the teams are running against them now. And most people were like, yeah, they'd rather face the physicality, which I think is probably accurate in most, in most cases. Um, because you're just trying to run against such weird stuff constantly. And mm. even when Luca has tried to like target Steph, it hasn't gone well. Even when he's tried to target Jordan Poole, it hasn't gone well. They just haven't been able to get it, which I will say a little annoying to me that it's like whenever this happens, it's like, oh, gotta get gotta get Luca some help. And it's like, all right, well, you play a super ball dominant style where everybody's just basically waiting for you him to give you the ball. His whole thing is he's got to be able to solve every matchup. Like, yeah, not I'm not really here for the well, Luke is tired. I'm not here for it. I'm just not like one reason he's tired is he spends his summer at beer halls. Like, don't get me wrong. When I was his age, I said my summers at beer halls. But like, you know, might 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 need to come into shape next year. 
like I, here's my thing is heavy is the crown if you're going to be one of these guys if, like there's we talk about about luca as one of the best players in the league which statistically his line matches up with that yeah if he's going to be that this is the bar like this is how we have to have these kind of standards on him we can't be like well he's young or well he's still getting there like well all these type of things like okay but if we're going to talk about him as if he's there this is what he's going to have to do and a lot of it for me is i his passing is really good okay he's got really inventive passes he's on target with him a lot of times he finds the pocket like mechanically there is something missing in terms of making teammates better i do not find with him that I think was there when he was a rookie, and I do not find it now, as he has embraced more and more hardened ball. Push back, Brandon. I, yeah, I strongly disagree with that. But let, let's let's start here. Look at the Mavs roster. All no, the guys no, 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 no. It was good enough to get him to the Western Conference Finals, and honestly, he wasn't he wasn't dragging this team through the last two rounds, Brandon. I'm tired of this. Like, round. oh, look at the roster around him. Jalen Brunson's been awesome. Jalen Brunson's been tremendous. Spencer Dinwiddie's been great. He's gotten Maxi Kleba. They had snipers, Brandon. So many snipers. Yeah, that was only for one of us on this podcast with the snipers. I want to know who on the Mavs roster, other than Luka Doncic, is starting for this flawed Warriors team. I think you can sub out Jordan Poole for Jalen Brunson, and you're getting approximate. Yeah, and doesn't that, like, Jalen Brunson the guy who's about to get paid, the guy who is clearly the second best player on this team. And you're saying that he's subbing out as, as Jordan Poole, the, the player who shows up only in home games and is the kind of unreliable X factor off the bench for the Warriors. I, well, I also think Poole's, I think Poole's been the second best overall warrior throughout the course of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, no, I think, I mean, I think, I mean, look, you're, you're asking, could a, a player start for the Warriors? I think, I just think that's not fair, but I, I do think, I mean, Wiggins has been better than him, but, Realistically, Dorian Finney-Smith could start on that team. Their defense overperformed all year, but somebody still has to score points. And the fact that their offense was league average shows you how important Luka Doncic was because Luka Doncic was putting up like top five advanced metrics. Think how god-awful their offense had to have been to be league average with a top five, a Jokic-type player putting up those numbers for them. But look look at the Mavs roster and then look at the Nuggets without two of their best guys. That's why Jokic won MVP again. Like he's he's better. Like let's not compare. Let's not say Luca has to be the best Look, player. My, in the only, my only thing here is, I don't think the Mavericks have a great roster. But there is this idea we do this where it's like got to get Luca more help because everybody likes him, and especially the draft Knicks love him, and I loved him too. Like the dude was a Euro League MVP at like eighteen. It's insane. Yeah, like he, where he made his teammates a lot better and got Slovenia to win a championship. I think that it becomes a catch-22 because I agree with what you just said. I don't think that this is a long-term winning strategy with yeah. this team, with this roster and yeah. this version of that's the team. The, that's always I the think- thing is, well, you can't do it because look at the rest of the roster. Yeah. Well, we don't know what the rest of the roster looks like if they're not trapped in this hardened Rockets ball-esque thing. That's my but thing, that's, Brandon. It's that's just like- not just Luca's problem. That is a team construction problem. Well, with, this, well, with this version of the team, Luca has to be what he is, or they're not here playing the what Warriors. What role right now. do you think Luca held in those decisions, Brandon? Yeah, obviously a big part of the role, but like we, we got how old is Luca now? Is he is he even old enough to be drinking the beers that he's putting away? My my buddy calls him Huka Doncic because of the way he's out partying every night. So I mean, look, he's got to solve that problem. But to sit here in a series where it has not been a huge blowout, despite what you think, and decide that that is an indictment in the Western Conference Finals 
Young Luka Doncic does not make his teammates better. He just doesn't lift up the guys around him. I think is a ridiculous conclusion. I to don't draw. Think, um, Warriors now. I'm going to look at BetMGM. They are the favorites, obviously, to win the title if you're up 3-0. Yeah. And the other I think I saw them around like minus 140-ish at most books. Yeah, minus 145 at BetMGM. So the value's gone, I think, on, on there. <laughs> uh, got them 9-1 to one in preseason. That Ooh, that's nice. That ticket. Yeah, I've, I've got, uh, I don't know. Did, did you play them to win the West? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played them to win the West, too. Yeah, I've got a five to one to win the West that I gave out on buckets at some point. I, I don't know if, if Raheem had a to win the West, but I know we both did at some point. So obviously those are looking pretty good. I try to look at, okay, so you're you're going to just roll your eyes at this. I'm not playing these just to be clear, because I don't think there's value here. I don't think the Mavs are dead, dead yet. Like the Mavs hit some shots and get a win and, you know, whatever game four, the Mavs shooting is going to give them a chance in any game. And we know the Warriors can accidentally throw a game away, even when they're not trying to. So the Mavs do win game four and then go to Golden State and actually hit that barrage of threes again. It's not completely unfathomable to me that they could win that game. And suddenly it's three to two and suddenly you have the old Warriors demons coming back and you're back in Dallas. Like I can see a roadmap for Dallas. I looked at it. Dallas is 31 to one to win the series. Even at that number, no. Like I, I, I did the math on it. I kind of gave Dallas some chances and it still comes out a little bit lower than that. So that's not worth it. Dallas to get it at least a six. So Mavs plus two and a half in the series is plus 540. Still no, still, still not enough. So if, if for whatever reason, if you, if you agree with some of this and you like Dallas, you want to play them. I think you're just on the rollover thing, you know, play Dallas in this game if you like it. And then just keep playing each game after that. Uh, I wanted to ask this. So our guy, Chad Millman, our boss, we love him. I was on the favorites podcast with Chad, uh, right. I think right before game one of the series Yep. and his pick for the series was worries in five. I disagreed and he fired me. I think I'm like Milton from office space. Like I'm just hanging around, just, just punching in every day, doing some podcasts. So I want to know on Chad's behalf, all these guys worries in five, Matt, you had worries in four and five. I looked at worries in six and seven. I thought this was going to go long. Should Chad hedge his warriors in five pick and play a little Mavs here? Or is he, or sorry, play the warriors here, I guess. Or does he just let it ride out? Yeah, I would, I would play warriors. Oh, you, he has the warriors in five. Why would you, I mean, you he mean warriors he, in five. So if the warriors win here, he loses. Uh, yeah, okay. I would play Warriors just yeah. from the perspective of your ticket is at this point unlikely to win, right? They're like they are they are even though the well, Mavericks are favored, it's basically a, a it's a coin flip, right? It's a coin flip to get to Game Five and not a hundred percent to win once you get there. Yeah, and so the the only problem is you bet Warriors here and the Mavericks <laughs> win, and then you bet. Mavericks in game five. You don't you, you, you don't uh, you don't bet the Mavericks in game five. You kind of just let it ride. At that yeah, you just right. gotta let it play out at that point. I think yeah. if you want to hedge a little here, go for it. But I, I don't think you can double hedge because you've just given away whatever profit you were victories. gonna get. This is why you do the minus two and a half, friends. This is why you do the minus two and a half. This is this is <laughs> yeah. why we love the win spreads here on Buckets. Well, like, uh, you're you're fired now too. On behalf of Chad, we're all fired for disagreeing with his worries and five pick, which is probably going to cash and make us all look real stupid. Hey, I have hey I I have a whole video 
from Pete Check about the Warriors and about the Mavericks not being that good. Um, from a Warriors perspective, Finals MVP. Steph's plus 150. Clay's plus 1100. Dre's plus 1600. Wiggins is plus 3500. An interesting pick there. Uh, Jordan Poole plus 1800. What's the best value right now for Warriors Finals MVP? I think it's got to just be Steph. I, like, yeah. it, it's got to be Steph, and it's, it's honestly not a bad... Point, is the idea? Yeah, it, he has to win it at some point. And like, look, because that's a story, and because it's been a story for half a decade now, anyone who, any of those voters who are on the fence with a vote, if the Warriors win, are going to vote for Steph. Like, you have somebody else would really have to take it away from him for him not to get this one because it's been the thing that's been talked about. Like, look, for example, Matt, I know that you think that Andrew Wiggins could be the MVP of the series. Maybe you think he has been the MVP of the series. He had the huge dunk. He had 27-11 this last game. He has been awesome. He has made Luca work. He's been fantastic on both sides of the court. Steph is minus 1,500 to win the MVP of the conference finals. He's led them in scoring all three games. He has 14 threes. He has 11 assists. He's at 25 rebounds in the series. He's going to win the MVP for the conference finals, even though Wiggins has been awesome. I think there's still value on Wiggins there. I just, right, well, I, I, don't know that, I don't know that they're just going to vote the numbers there. I think that these games matter a lot more on impact. I think it's, it's, it's more than just that. Ra, who do you think has the best value? Um, I agree. I mean, honestly, Brandon said my entire point wow. about Steph, as far as the, the, the so, finals MVP. I mean, because look, I mean, look, historically, the best player on the best team has always gotten these awards in every single sport. And for whatever reason, I mean, they just dis- no, I'm just saying for whatever reason, they decided to get cute with Steph Curry in 2015 by giving Andre Iguodala he the award. That good, man. Like it, those votes are not wrong. Like Steph, Iggy, they get Iggy, screwed on those. No, no, to give Iggy Iguodala that award was insane. I mean, I hear you, but they couldn't give it to LeBron. I don't. It's, but I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. It's just like it was like whoever voted for that award had the the biggest hard on for LeBron that they gave it to Iguodala for holding Bron to 40 points on like 39 percent shooting. His defense was pretty good, actually. It his was defense, good. I mean, it was very good. It was but amazing. the fact that. But it was just like he got a bunch of open shots because they were doubling and trapping Steph Curry and sending a defense that we haven't seen anybody else really get. So, and look, I, I think it's it's great. And I know, like, this is – I did not surprise because Brandon loves the shooty hoops. So I'm not surprised that this is the take. Uh, I think there's value on Clay. I think there's value on Poole. I can't get there on Draymond. Just his I can't get game there on Clay because Clay to me, is just so inconsistent. Yeah, but it's like you got to win three. You got you to have three good games. So a lot of this, too, I, I would say is look at the differences in what they're going to be facing defensively. So That's you fair. have a, you have a Mavericks team that bit, runs a base switch scheme that doesn't understand like a lot of the complex mechanisms. Both of these this, the, the Mavericks are not. We argued a lot on spaces last week, Brandon, about the class of whether or not the Heat were in the class defensively of the Celtics. Um <laughs> The, we can we can agree yeah. that the Mavericks are not in the, the Mavericks class. are the outlier in the conference finals. Yeah. The Mavericks are not in the class of the Heat and the Celtics defensively, and I think that the like those two teams will hone in on Steph to a better degree than really any team has been able to, to focus in on him. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's, I, I, it's not that I don't think Steph can win. It's Steph Curry, like it's Steph Curry, you know. Um, by by Rob. 
And, but I will just say that I do think both Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, I think have better value. Like I, it would not shock me at all to see Jordan Poole have a monster series. Like Clay actually, I think has really good value because Clay's going to be good on the defensive end too. He's probably checking Tatum or Jimmy. But I, but I, to me, that would be almost as much an argument against Clay because I think that he's going to use more of his time and energy defending and he needs to and will be important on that end. But then we don't really reward a lot of that usually on these awards. But we also, I, don't, I with, we also don't reward Steph a lot usually in these. No, that's true. But I mean, look, I, I, I like Jordan Poole. I just already have a 200 to one ticket from Woo! before the start of the playoffs. Woo! So I, I'm feeling pretty good about the value on that one. He's, you know, if they win their home games and, you know, you get game one, you get a tired opponent probably, and Jordan Poole off the bench goes nuclear and you get another couple X-Factor games. Like, absolutely, Jordan Poole could do it. I, I'd have to check. I'm going to guess that we don't have more than like one or two finals MVPs off the bench ever. Like, it has to be pretty rare for a finals MVP to come off the bench. I, I don't know. I, does, does anyone come to mind for you? I can't think of one right now. Did like... No, he started though, because that was the big thing was that they put him in the starting lineup and that was that was the switch. He started off the bench early and then they switched him like game three. Well, and that they, was why he wanted to start. Maybe they wind up starting pool. Yeah, that's possible. So. But I, I think it may have to be that. Like I try to remember like if uh microwave wanted off the bench or something like that. Like I'm guessing there was somebody who just like came and scored a ton of points, but it's um, pretty rare, I think. Will you hedge on stuff? Because that you get to bet on stuff to win finals MVP, which has to make you happy and because of the two most likely <laughs> outcomes for you. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you like the Warriors, then you should play Steph. I still, I thought all along that Warriors losing in the finals to one of these more physical defensive teams was the most likely outcome. I still feel like that. It's just that I forgot that the other part of the more physical teams is that they've been beating the crap out of each other for the last six weeks and that we, the Warriors are about to win probably Tuesday or Thursday and get a week or nine days off while they just sit back and get their popcorn popping and watch Tatum and Butler and all these guys just like beat the living crap out of each other for another week. And that carries over. So there, there is that part of it. But just on the matchup alone, I still don't love it for the Warriors. The, the Wiggins thing too, somehow we might have an NBA Finals where Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler are defending one another in the Finals. and. uh the last time that happened, Jimmy just took four guys off the practice squad and called in a Rachel Nichols and did a whole thing about it. It didn't go super well for Andrew Wiggins as a Wolves fan. There's a little PTSD there. So I am a little worried about that. I, I don't think Wiggins is your play for finals MVP, but yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think we agree the Celtics and the Warriors. We've talked about that one just real quick and wrapping up like heat warriors. Obviously that's the heater favorite right now. We'll see if, the, if they are still, when you listen to this, maybe the heater up three, one, what are your thoughts on heat warriors? Which way do you lean on that? Warriors warriors. So we talked about this on the, the pod for game four, four for heat Celtics. Uh, I still think that the Celtics are the better team. Yeah. I thought the gap was close enough for there to be value on Miami, which I think that's pretty evident now, but there's value on Miami. Um, but the Celtics are better. The war, like the, the heat offensive troubles will be a lot bigger of a problem versus golden state. You have to have a baseline of offensive explosiveness that Miami simply does not have night tonight. Miami's really banged up. The Celtics are banged up too. And look, the, the warriors 
you know, um, this came out before the podcast. Otto Porter is doubtful for this game with a foot injury. Looks like he avoided anything broken, which is amazing. That's awesome. But they already lost GP2. So it's yeah. like, you know, this is the the war of attrition thing. The Warriors are still the healthiest of any of the teams remaining, just in terms of what they've had to go through. The Celtics have been through the, like, I will say I was leaning really towards the Celtics beating the Warriors. I just don't know if the Celtics are going to have enough if they get past them. And I yeah. feel very confident the Heat will not. So at this point, um, the value is gone, right? But at this point, I do, like, I'll be betting probably Warriors minus one and a half on the series spread is hmm. probably because both those teams will get a high amount of respect. Well, Boston will get a high amount of respect. Miami might not. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel even with my trepidations about the Warriors, they're going to be, they're going to have home court. And we know how good the Warriors are game one and game two at home as the Warriors with all their backups and everything else. We know all that. We've just talked about that this round. So in, in most likely scenarios at this point, you're going to get a Warriors team that goes up 1-0, maybe up 2-0, because they're going to be at home as the rested team with their offense and all their moving parts against an exhausted Eastern team. And now you're up 1-0, maybe 2-0. You've got game seven at home. You still have all the Warriors shooters and everything else and their defense. And like being starting with a 1-0 or 2-0 advantage and having a possible game seven at home is just such a big advantage. So even if you're not sure about it, it's it's shaping up very well for the Warriors. That some podcasts I listened to pointed out that it's it's a weird thing that like we kind of think of this. I, I certainly have thought of this as like maybe a Warriors last stand sort of thing. Like I don't know how many more runs they have in them. The Bulls had their big run of finals and then disappeared for a couple of years for other reasons and then came back and made it to three more. Like I wonder the Warriors kind of had their couple of years off thing and save their legs a little bit. I wonder if, if this is going to end up maybe moving toward that direction, but we'll see. Hey, get them right now to win the title for 2023. That's out at the books, which will be. Ah, give me that parlay. Give me the back-to-back title parlay. Ooh, I like Order that. Parlay of both. I actually really like that idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to. Yeah. Let, let me look that up real quick. Cause I think that that's really, I don't, I don't think that I don't think books will let you play. I'm sure DraftKings will DraftKings is always like, sure. Yeah. You want parlay it. That's no problem. Yeah. Well, we're happy to take your money. We love our parlays. <laughs> oh, nope. They will not let you. Sorry. It's plus 500 next year. Minus 155 right now. DraftKings. They will not let me yet. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get a great number out of that anyway. So I'm not sure that's, that's a recommended play here today. All right, so Robin for Bucket. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Download the Action Network app. Follow Brandon and Raheem in the app. We'll be back tomorrow with best bets and breakdowns for uh, Celtics Heat Game Five tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Let's get buckets. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.